This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by One Ascent. God has created every single person and every square inch with immeasurable dignity. And every day, businesses impact these people and places in powerful ways, either causing them harm or helping them flourish. Our trusted sponsor, One Ascent, exists to help investors consider who a business impacts and how they're impacted. More than likely, your values inspire why you invest, whether it's to provide for your family, put your kids through college, or prepare for the next stage of life. One Ascent believes your values can also inspire how you invest by directing your investment capital into companies that positively impact the world. Whether you invest on your own or work with an advisor, One Ascent's comprehensive values-aligned solutions seek to help you do well by doing good. To explore a new way of investing that aligns with your values, visit oneascent.com. Click on Analyze My Investments on the homepage to tailor your portfolio to what truly matters to you. We all want our plans to succeed, but what does the Lord want? Hi, I'm Rob West. Are you and God on the same page when it comes to your financial plans? Today, we'll talk about achieving your financial goals and doing God's will. Then we'll take your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, as you know, we're big fans of planning. That's because having a plan is the best way to meet your financial goals, or any goals for that matter. The question is how to make sure your plans line up with God's will for your life. That's important because if you're a Christian and Jesus is your Lord, well, you know his plans are the best. In fact, it says in Proverbs 19.21 that many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will succeed. The purpose of the Lord will succeed. So it's worth finding out what he wants. How do you do that? Well, his word tells us, Micah 6, 8 says, And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 is another passage that gives us a clue about God's will for his people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So, can submitting your ways to God help you plan for retirement or save up for a car or plan a vacation? Well, you might not receive a note from the Almighty telling you which car to buy, but if you're committed to living by biblical standards, you will certainly experience greater peace and confidence about your choices. Here's the bottom line. We focus on whatever has eternal value. In other words, seek first the kingdom of God. When you're trusting in the Lord with all your heart as you pray, read his word, and submit your financial plans to him, God will direct you into his will. That doesn't mean things will always be easy, but they will be godly. Sometimes when you're praying for God's will to be done and trusting for the Lord's guidance, you might still need a bit of practical advice from someone you trust. After all, seeking wise counsel is a biblical idea. Proverbs 15.22 says, Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. 
That said, we have some biblical counsel for your plans in the area of saving, debt, and employment. First, saving. Paying for college or retirement or a home purchase can mean many years of diligent saving. This takes patience and commitment. My advice is to set a target amount and figure out how much you'll need to put away each month. Put that money where it will earn the most interest and ask God to give you the discipline to stay on track. For retirement, be sure to max out any savings options offered by your employer or get going on your own with a traditional or Roth IRA. For college saving, I like 529 savings plans. We'll talk more about those another time, but you can research them online as well. What if you're getting a late start with your saving? Well, you might be afraid you won't meet your goals because your timeline is shorter. My first suggestion is don't worry. The Bible assures us that we do not need to worry about having our needs met. Our God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, who cares for the sparrows of the field and even more for you and for me. Besides saving, another big goal you might have is eliminating debt. This is another area where you need a plan. Figure out exactly what you owe and make a plan to pay it off. Pay off one debt at a time, then apply the payment amount to the next debt. If you need more help, we recommend you visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. We do not recommend debt consolidation or debt settlement. Uh, Share your goals with trusted friends or family so they can encourage you and celebrate your successes along the way. Remember, God's Word says the borrower is servant to the lender, and keep your debt-free goal in sight. Above all, don't get discouraged. Ask the Lord to help you break any bad habits and get the advice and support you need. The third area you might need financial advice is employment. Are you unemployed or underemployed? To improve your earning power, you need a new job or possibly a promotion in your current job. One way to reach these goals is to get training and improve your skills. Be sure to network and talk to your job contacts often. Your persistence and enthusiasm will earn you employment brownie points. Ultimately, as we said at the start, when you focus first on the things that have eternal value, the purpose of the Lord will prevail in your financial life. All right, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. We're grateful for support from Guidestone, whose diversified suite of investment solutions align with Christian values to create positive change in the world. More information is available at GuidestoneFunds.com. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of Guidestone Funds before investing. They're distributed by Foresight Funds Distributors, LLC, which is not an advisory affiliate, a registered investment advisor, nor do they provide investment advice. As a faithful listener of this program, you know that there's life-changing financial wisdom in God's Word. And FaithFi is here to help you and millions of others learn to be good and faithful stewards. As a nonprofit organization, we rely on help from monthly FaithFi patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Has God provided financial answers for you through this ministry? If so, consider becoming a monthly FaithFi patron. Visit FaithFi.com and click Give.
Welcome back. This is Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls today, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. By the way, you don't have to call. Just send an email, askrob at faithfi.com. That's askrob at faith, the letters F-I dot com. Uh, We're going to head southwest to Denise. Go right ahead. Yes. We have a what our insurance agent called a balloon policy. At the time we got it, we were both working full-time, had our home and two rentals. And now that I'm retired and he's going to be retiring, now we only have two home, two houses. And I'm wondering, do we really need a balloon policy? Yeah. Are you talking about an umbrella policy, perhaps? That's it. That Maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I like umbrella policies a lot. It's an inexpensive way to get good coverage for uh, home and auto insurance beyond what would typically be available to you. Uh, you know, you could make the case in your later years. I would say you even have more reason to have an umbrella policy because your net worth is greater than when you were younger. And so let's say, and and again, we don't even want to think about these things, but they happen. Let's say you were in a, you know, a car accident and there was, you know, major harm to either somebody's body or property. Uh, let's say you had a slip and fall on your property. I mean, there's a, any number of scenarios we could think about where the actual damages uh, or claims could go well beyond the limits of your traditional homeowners or auto insurance policy. And with assets that somebody could come after, that's where an umbrella policy would kick in for a relatively inexpensive amount of money annually to step in and cover, uh, you know, that lawsuit. So I think that's the case for it, even in this season of life, Denise, does that make sense? It it really does. And it is, like you said, a small amount of money, but I just, I've talked to numerous of my friends. Nobody even knows what they are. And I thought, yeah. well, maybe we don't need this thing. Yeah. So, okay. Well, you've answered my question. They are you under, you're welcome. They are underutilized, I would say, but it's a very effective tool. Again, just to offset a risk. Let's pray that you never have to claim on it. And it's just money you're spending every year. But if you ever did, uh, then you'll be certainly glad you have it. Thanks for your call today. We appreciate it. Uh, to Boynton Beach, Florida. Hi, Jennifer. Go ahead. Good afternoon. Um, I have been seeing advertisements and even actually received an email about um, the U.S. government giving a debt relief to people who you'd say worked during 2020 or stuff like this. Are these legitimate or is this kind of just, you'd say, scammers giving us quick money the way it looks like? Yeah, these are scams, uh, most of these, so you got to be really careful. I'd just be uh, really on your guard there, especially somebody saying there's government money available. That's a very common strategy and tactic. Uh, What kind of debt do you have that you're looking to pay off? Well, I'm actually in the middle of a very um, contentious divorce right now, and so my debt has actually ballooned up to almost seventy thousand. Okay, all right. Um, and, and how does it. that break down? What type of debt is that? 
Um, I have a $32,000 vehicle loan. Okay. Um, and then um, 13, about 20000 is student loan, and then the rest is credit card. Okay. All right. And is any of this going to go away once, I mean, or, or is it all still an open matter in terms of the divorce settlement? Um, most of it is very much an open matter, um, unfortunately. Um, but I would say probably a minimum of 50% of the debt, um, should disappear with what I feel I should be getting through the divorce. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that you're going through that. Uh, I think I wouldn't be making any big changes right now until this is all until this all plays out and you understand kind of where you find yourself. Um, you know, we want to obviously keep that car payment current. Uh, you know, hopefully it's in good working order and it's, you know, what you're using to get around, get to work and so forth. Uh, student loans, let's just keep, you know, are, are you in deferment currently or are you paying on those? Um, 8,000 of it, I have been paying on them. Um, okay. 13,000 of it was kind of on hold with zero interest because yeah. of the like debt issue. Sure. Um, so my assumption is that obviously come September-ish, I would have to start paying on them. But based on the circumstances, I would probably put that one into deferment or um, income-based payment plan right now just to not overstrenuate myself financially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Um, what the other option is for this credit card specifically, I like debt management um, in terms of credit counseling. And perhaps what you do is take whatever portion of those you expect would ultimately be your responsibility. And maybe you could put those cards or card into a, a debt management program just to get the interest rates down to give you, you know, more progress toward getting those paid off every month. I wouldn't put them all in just given the uncertainty of the divorce settlement, but you may want to put a portion of those in just to, you know, get those rates down from whatever they are now to hopefully something more realistic. Um, and our friends at ChristianCreditCounselors.org can help you with that. But I think apart from that, let's just, you know, keep doing what you're doing on the student loans, keep paying down that car. Let's get that paid off as quick as we can. And then, um, you know, we'll just get through this season. Let's see how everything shakes out with the divorce. And then we can make some other decisions once you know exactly where you find yourself. Okay. So then, so I understand correctly, and I kind of fed into this. So my kind of second question was, would it be to my demise to do Christian credit counseling during the divorce process? And it kind of sounds like it'd be more to my advantage because I'm paying off debt and I'd be showing, you'd say, the court system that I'm being responsible for my my bills at this point, even if parts of them are ultimately his financial responsibility. Then I, I would like, tend I to agree with that. Cash at the end. <laughs> yeah, I would tend to agree with that. However, I would run that by your attorney 
just to make sure that he or she is in agreement with that. Obviously, I don't know the inner workings of whether or not something like this would be frowned upon, given you know that this is an active and ongoing situation. So perhaps run that by your attorney, but I think as long as they give you the green light on it, anything that's going to help you pay this off quicker at the end of the day is a good thing. So uh, Jennifer, listen, all the best to you, and uh, we'll pray the Lord will just uh, walk closely to you during this difficult season, and you're going to get through it, and the Lord has a plan. So just uh, trust Him implicitly and thanks for calling today. We appreciate it. I'm Rob West. You're listening to Faith and Finance, and we'll have more of your calls and questions on the other side of this break. The number to call is 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. Hope for Zambia, empowered by Family Legacy, is a ministry providing hope to vulnerable and orphaned children in Zambia by investing into their spiritual, intellectual, physical, and emotional growth and well-being. Whether distributing 5 million meals each year to students or empowering them to graduate from high school and go on to pursue post-secondary education, we believe that when you educate a child, you change their world. Go to hopeforzambia.com slash faith to transform a life. You're listening to Faith and Finance, where we talk about how we handle God's resources. How are you using God's resources? We're talking about it, and the lines are open to take your calls and questions. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Let's head to Mike. Uh, Mike is in Muskogee, uh, Oklahoma. Did I say that right, Mike? Yeah, you said it right. Hey, Rob, uh, I'm uh, I'm 54 years old. Uh, no wife, no dependents. Uh, I was, I just bought a house not long ago, so I depleted my emergency fund and all of my savings uh, doing that. And I'm thinking about getting a $100,000 life insurance policy to take care of, of things whenever I pass. But I'm kind of wondering at my age, which would be better, a term or a whole? And the second part of the question is, if an emergency arises down the road, can I borrow from the term like you can the whole? You cannot. Um, the question is, why do you need the insurance? So what would the, be the purpose of the death benefit once you're gone? Where would that go? Yeah, it would go to my brothers uh, to help take care of my final uh, things that to happen, you know, whatever, because I, I don't have any kind of savings or anything. And like I said, I'm 54 years old. I know it's going to be, I plan on living a while, but yeah. still I would like, you know, to have something for whenever I'm gone for them to take care of me and, and whatever 
So are we, uh, we really just looking for funeral and burial expenses, or are you looking to go beyond that? Uh, well, I don't know how much of my house I'll have paid off, and I would like that to be taken care of so I don't pay on it for 20 years and then it be gone. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Um, so, however, so maybe, um, when when you pass, your home could be uh, gifted to your brother, let's say, and at that point, he's he's going to sell it, and that would pay off the mortgage, and then he would keep what's left. So why would you have insurance to pay off the home? I didn't even think of that. I'm not yeah. very good here. Look here, Rob. I am financially illiterate, just to be no honest. No problem. No so problem. this is all new stuff to me. I called a couple of years ago, and I'm the guy that had spent 32 years in prison and bought the car and was oh, upside wow. down in that. So, okay. I, you know, I'm still, I'm <laughs> that, still learning stuff. Hey, listen, here, Mike, you know you've I mean? come to the right place. We're, we're all about encouragement here. I'm not uh, pointing fingers. Listen, we all have giftings and uh, there's going to be uh, more areas than we can count that, uh, that you've got a leg up on me. So let me help you with this one. Uh, you know, here's the key. It, it really, it boils down to, you know, you being a wise and faithful steward of God's money means you got to live within your means. So we got to have a budget and you got monthly income coming in and we got to have a plan for your expenses. Those things you get a bill for those things that you don't. And your spending has to be less than your income because that margin, which is just a fancy way of saying the, uh, whatever you have left over at the end of the month after the bills are paid, there needs to be something there or you're never going to be able to accomplish your goals, whether that's building up some savings. So you've got some emergency funds when the unexpected comes, being able to do some additional giving, uh, you know, pay down debt if you've got it. So that living within your means is number one. Number two, let's avoid debt. Let's try to eliminate debt. Let's try not to borrow uh, when, you know, wherever possible. And let's, over your lifetime, try to become completely debt-free if you're not already. The third is that that uh, surplus that I mentioned. That's really key. The fourth is to set some goals. And the fifth is to give generously because giving breaks the power of money over your life. And those five things, really, if you do those for a long time, you'll be set. Now, in terms of life insurance, the really the only purpose for the life insurance is to take care of a dependent that is going to uh, have a hardship at your death. So typically when we have a married spouse during our working years, if I die, my wife loses my income and now she's in a really difficult spot in terms of paying off, you know, continuing to pay on the mortgage and put food on the table and pay the utilities. So we have insurance on my life that replaces my income during our working years. But once we get to retirement and we've saved and we've got social security and we've got some retirement assets, we don't need insurance anymore because in the event of my death, she's not counting on me for anything. The assets are already there. If you don't have a spouse who's counting on your income and you don't have children who are, you know, at home and, and need somebody to provide for them, then you really don't have a need for insurance. Um, so you could prepay your burial expenses and it'd be a lot more cost effective to do that by paying the funeral home directly or just putting that money in savings and pre-planning as opposed to prepaying than it would be to try to buy a life insurance policy 
that would cover that cost, because that's going to get really expensive. If the Lord tarries and you live another 30 years, that life insurance policy is going to be astronomical. Well, why not just put that money right in savings so your brother has what he needs to bury you at death? Because anything you leave to him, uh, he's going to sell it and it's going to pay any of the debts or notes that still exist. So I think you don't need life insurance at all. What I would focus on on is getting that budget to balance, having some surplus. So first you can build up an emergency fund of three to six months expenses. And then second, we can start funding those burial expenses. So you'll have the peace of mind to know that whenever the Lord calls you home, your brother can bury you and and have a funeral according to your wishes. And then he can inherit whatever's left. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, see, that's why I called you. <laughs> so, so somebody could show me this because I would have thought nothing about all of that stuff. See, I'm thinking I don't want to be a burden on my family. And, I get it. You know, I spent half of my life, over half of my life in prison, so I'm not going to have a retirement. And I Social get Security, it. Stuff, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to really have any of that. So I'm going to okay. work as long as I can work and, and do that. But yeah, hey, that was a great help, man. I appreciate that, Rob. Well, Mike, you, you call back anytime, my friend. I'm grateful for you, and may the Lord bless you. Thanks for being on the program today. Quickly to Indianapolis, Alan, I understand you have a question about paying back Social Security. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, so here's the deal on that. If you change your mind, so you take your Social Security benefits, let's say you take it early, which locks in a reduction uh, of 8% a year about uh, for every year you take it prior to full retirement age. If you change your mind within 12 months of signing up for Social Security, you can repay all the money you received without interest and withdraw your Social Security application, and then you can reapply at a later date, and the monthly payments will then be larger due to the delayed claiming. Uh, and you can do this one time in your lifetime. So I think that's the information you were looking for there. Uh, if you did it for more than a year, then you're no longer eligible to start over. But as long as you've done it within 12 months, you can reset that. I hope that's helpful for you. Thanks for calling, my friend. Thank you to Amy and Mara, Dan and Jim and Marty. I hope you'll join us again next time right here on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.